Welcome into episode three of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Crowley. And later on in this episode, I'll be joined by Sun Devil Source publisher, Chris Cartman. On Saturday, we had the opportunity to sit down with a number of different ASU players and coaches at the program's media day to learn about their expectations for the upcoming season and learn more about their individual backgrounds. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of ASU's offensive personnel and offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, the first-year coach who just came to the program from Southern Miss, offensive line coach Chris Thompson, and a few different offensive players, including veteran tight end and fifth-year senior Cody Cole, junior running back Kalen Balage, and the two quarterbacks in the midst of ASU's quarterback competition in sophomore Manny Wilkins and redshirt freshman Brady White. A number of different interviews packed into this episode, so without further ado, we'll get things started and send it over to our interview with offensive line coach Chris Thompson. All right, we're joined now by Arizona State offensive line coach Chris Thompson. Chris, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to speak with us. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to be with you guys. I love y'all's uh, podcast and, and uh, you know, excited to be a part of that. Four yeah. new starters on the offensive line this year, but you've really got some guys who got experience last year in Sam Jones, Stephon McCray. Does that give you a little extra confidence going into this season, going into this camp? Yeah, there's no doubt it does. I mean, Evan's got experience at left tackle, which, and he's already showing signs of improvement over last year. And then, you know, Stephon goes back to 2014, uh, shoot, coming in in the Washington game on the road, helping us win that game. He really played well. Uh, and then, and then getting getting the start against Utah the next week in a huge overtime victory, and then uh, played you know center played guard in those games, and then center against Arizona at the end of that game for Nick Kelly, and so uh, and he's played some last year as well. So uh, and then Sam played quite a bit last year. So I hear a lot of that four new starters and all that, but you know in our room, man, we talk about that's that's for the for everybody else to talk about we know what we got we know what we can do and, and we're excited about this this season and, and the guy that you have who plays the most uh experience wise of course is evan goodman um sean griswold told us that he saw a difference with evan this past summer just in terms of leadership um maturity where he was at transitioning he lost weight 300 pounds or so now uh where do you think he's at in terms of his preparedness to uh, have an impact season? Well, you know, going in, going into his junior year, he uh, he struggled bad for some reason. We we got back from the bowl game, we got into winter conditioning, and he pulled his hamstring. And and I mean, it was a it was a really weird deal. It lingered all through the winter. In the in spring ball that year, I think he only practiced like five times with with a hamstring, and then it went into the summer. And uh, we actually had to fly him to Tulsa to a specialist middle of the summer. So the kid really never ran, never really worked out a lot. He did, he, you know, he lifted, but he went into his junior year in bad condition. And, and he played his way into better shape as the year went on. But the difference is he, he was healthy after the bowl game this year and had an excellent off winter. Spring was really good. The things that the things that I identified as things that he had to get better at, you know, in the spring he did in terms of penalties, in terms of being more consistent in his pass sets and not giving up inside pressure sometimes. And so, you know, and then and then on into the summer he had a I mean excellent summer uh, in, in his running. And he's I mean today he was like 290 pounds. I mean he's he's a guy who loses a lot of water weight and. Uh, 
don't know if it's being from Florida and that humidity he's used to, but he just sweats like crazy. And so he's about 25 pounds lighter than last year. And wow. He'll gain some of that back as, as it, you know, the games get here. We feed these guys like, I mean, it's the enormous amount of food when we go on the road. And so he'll be fine in terms of his weight, but he's playing at a better level in my opinion. When you move on down the line, you've got Sam at left guard right now, and he's a guy who played a little bit last year, and there's competition throughout the line, but Sam seems like one of those guys who's in the upper tier of the lineman that you can just have that confidence in to plug in and start from day one. He he is. I mean, you know, he's a guy that the the first year, first recruiting class I was a part of, got the opportunity to, to recruit him. We had to, you know, beat some good people on him. He's a really good football player, and um, he's kind of settled in and, and understanding some things with the location of his hands and his punch and and his leverage in the run game. He's just getting better and better. And, and you know, if you watch him last year, I mean, he, he came in for for Billy and you know against Washington and played almost over half the game and uh, shoot played over half the game against Arizona and a big win. You know, those two were wins. Started and played the whole game against Cal at tackle. So the guy's been in the fire in the Pac-12, and he understands. And I think the just the more he plays, the better he'll get. Offensive line at this level is such a developmental thing, and no that and quarterback really seem to be the most in that in that regard. And uh, you see in the Pac-12, uh, the vast majority of the players who are all league caliber guys are juniors and seniors. Right. Um, and yet you have these really young, talented guys. You look at Zach Robertson, Steve Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn Bailey, all these guys could potentially start for you or are right on that borderline to start right. for you. And and what does that feel like as a coach, knowing that that's a, a, the challenge that you have? Well, it's a huge challenge. You know, you know the realities of that are there are things that you can only learn on the job, just like a, a writer, a reporter, a coach. You know there are things that you can only learn by trial and error. And so um, – what, what gives me a little peace of mind about that is Coach Lindsey's approach is a little bit more, we're gonna do less stuff and get really good at the, at the smaller amount of stuff we're doing. Coach Norvell's approach, we had a lot of veteran linemen, so we did a lot more stuff, you know, in terms of volume of run game and protections. And, and so uh, the transition of Coach Lindsey coming in and being a guy that's a little bit less volume helps those younger guys because they don't have to perfect as many techniques. And, and then the other thing about that, you know, I reflect back, I got here when V was a redshirt sophomore. Uh, you know, Jamil had only been a one-year starter. Uh, Christian had never started, you know, and, and what I tell guys is this, I say, you know, I remember, you know, against USC when V's a sophomore, man, got had an amazing game. You know, some of those it, to me, what the the bigger challenge is in your career as a college lineman is after you've started that fourth and fifth year, man, can you continue to get better? And put good, because there's an injury element that starts coming in, a VTL filo with a, a torn ACL. You know, you start getting banged up. And so sometimes guys' best years are their younger years, and people don't realize that. Now, would I, would I rather have, you know, four or five guys that – that have really started a lot of games, of course you would, but but there's also an element to that where these guys are hungry. Like I, I feel like you know the guys that I've got are hungry to prove themselves. They, they, you know, they're tired of hearing about how they're going to be the weak link, weak link in the chain. And so, and as a coach, I'm excited about that. I see it in their eyes. I see it every day when we go in the meeting. There's no, 
there's not a hey let's get this over with mentality and get to the season it's it's every day every rep's important and so that's what that's what's inspiring me and, and driving me as a coach with this with this group I love this group when you look at some of the freshmen and redshirt freshmen and Steve and Zach and Cole Cabral <clears throat> these are guys who are physically mature for their age and maybe you didn't have that earlier uh, during your tenure at ASU. Mm-hmm. When you look at these guys, do you see a higher ceiling for the more recent recruits than, than you've had in the past? You know, I mean, it's it's hard to say that because you respect a lot what was done before. I mean, Jamil Douglas and Christian, those guys getting drafted and V and getting opportunities. But when I got here, what my previous school, we had a, we had a lot of size and length, big people. And I, and I believe it's a big man's game. I mean, you listen to Bill Parcells talk, it's a big man's game. And, and, you know, when I got here, I think they had done, the previous staff had done a nice job on taking a Jamil Douglas, who was a skinny 240-pound guy, and projecting that guy. And, and what I take 10 of those every year, every all day long. But, but I also saw a void in some of those classes behind them. And I knew we had to get bigger people uh, I knew we couldn't take 240-pound guys. We didn't have time. I mean, so guys like Zach and Steve who came in, you know, 300-plus pounds. Quinn was 300 when he got here. Sam was 290 when he got here. You know, even Cade, some of the smaller stature guys were 280 minimum, you know. And so uh, there's some guys I'm not mentioning. But but if you look at Steve and Zach and, and Quinn, some of those are big bone, big people. And, and we're still not as big and long as I want to be. I, I, I mean – you know, my left tackle at, at Texas Tech was a, a massive. I mean, he's still playing for New England, six foot six and three twenty-five. I mean, he got that. He's got that Zach Robertson look, that long arm, big body, big bone guy. But he was probably a little bit taller. But I want to continue to get those kind of guys, and that's what we're looking for. And, and, and I am excited. I mean, I'm really excited about those young guys. It's a very different dynamic this year with your offensive staff uh, being largely changed. You mentioned Chip Lindsey earlier. Uh, you have Jay Norvell, who's got a lot of extensive experience at, at the highest level. Uh, Dell, of course, has switched positions, and then John Simon at, at running backs. What's that feel like internally, and how do we, uh, how might we see some some differences uh, this year as a yeah. result? Well, I can tell you, you know, tell the fans that, I, you know, I was honored and privileged to work with Mike Norvell, you know, Chip Long, some of those guys, Bo. I mean, those guys are excellent football coaches. Um, and, and I miss those guys, man. I had great relationships, have great relationships with them. But, but on the flip side of that, I can tell you that the people that we have in the room are excellent and the chemistry is excellent uh, with the guys that we have. Like you said, you know, uh, getting to work with Chip. Chip brings nothing but positive energy every day. He's a guy that, um, he, you know, he likes to have fun, he, but he also knows it's time to get serious. And, um uh, but he brings a lot of positivity to our players and to our coaches. Um, and then you got Jay Norvell, um, like you said, man, you know, consummate professional, uh, very, very knowledgeable. We'll be talking about ideas, and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm looking at an idea like this, and Jay will say, well, what about looking at it like that, you know? And and all of a sudden you're going, dang, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, he, and Chip's like that too, and the great thing about Chip is, you know, he's not a, it's not a dictator style deal. I mean, he understands Jay Norvell brings a lot. He understands Dell and I have been in this conference and we kind of have a feel for the league, you know, and then, and then, uh, and then John is just tremendous. I think he's been great for those backs. I think they responded to him. I think you can see him developing. And so, 
I'm I'm really really excited. Anytime you're anytime you're still there and new people come in, you don't know. I mean, I've been through that before, and you don't know how it's going to fit. But it's it's been excellent. And then and then I'll say, even because because it's important that you feel that with the defense too. That you know, Coach Salmalo, you know, Coach Rushing meshing in with Coach Patterson and Coach Slocum. Our our staff has excellent chemistry, and I'm I'm really really excited about that part of it. Coach, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Coach Chris Thompson, Arizona State offensive line coach, good luck this season. All right, guys. Looking forward to watching your group, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to ASU offensive line coach Chris Thompson, who's our very first guest on the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. Plenty to come in that regard. Our next interview, senior tight end Cody Cole, who's had an interesting career arc here at Arizona State, Fifth-year senior who was pretty candid with us, talking openly about his maturation process through his years in the Sun Devil program and opening up about his expectations for the Sun Devil tight end group in the 2016 season. Joined now by Arizona State senior tight end Cody Cole. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, No problem, man. Cody, you've got such an interesting career arc here at Arizona State. Right now you're a fifth-year senior one of the veterans on the offense, but let's talk about when Todd Graham recruited you to ASU. You were the first player in your signing class to say that you wanted to be a Sun Devil. What did that opportunity to receive a scholarship from a program that you grew up loving mean to you? Uh, that day was actually like one of the, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, it was one of the best days of my life. I mean, it was a goal throughout high school to play and go to ASU. Literally, I didn't want to go anywhere else. And so when that happened, uh, just life got better. I thought I was so happy. And, you know, and I got here, and it was, it's been great ever since. Reflect for us on just your career to this point as you enter your, your final yeah. go at this. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy roller coaster. I mean, uh, freshman and sophomore year, I admit I was, like, immature, not ready to roll. Uh, I thought I was. I thought I was, like, the best player just because I had a big head, I guess. And I wouldn't say I was cocky, but I just thought I was confident, I guess. And I kind of got uh, put in my place when I came in. Just You just have to be really mature when you first get here. So after that sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, uh, I started to mature up and started to take things seriously, started studying, doing all those things right. Who were some of the players and coaches that helped expedite that maturation process for you? Well, we had uh, all the coaches really helped, but uh, I had Coach Long before this, uh, Chip Long, and uh, he helped a lot. He was just a really stubborn guy for me. Uh, he kind of put me in my place all the time. If I did something wrong, I'd have repercussions and things like that. And now I have uh, Coach Alexander, and he's not too far different from Coach Long. He, uh, if you do something wrong, he'll let you know. and you're going to have repercussions. So, And Coach Graham's always been there. I mean, he's been here the whole entire time. So if you ever show up in his office, it's not a good thing. And uh, I stayed away from there, which is good. But, I mean, having that little bit of, like, fear to be in there kind of keeps you straight arrow, you know. You play such a demanding position, and so much is asked of you from an alignment standpoint, the, the, the jobs that you have to fill on the field. And it seems like finding the right balance uh, from a size and athleticism and body composition standpoint to handle all of those things is a big challenge. And I know that you, you've gained 20 pounds or so this year 
going into your senior year and you've been very open about the reasons for that. Can you just give some additional perspective on how to find that exact right balance and, and if you think you're there this year? Um, well, I came in and I was about 225. And when I live in the dorms, I gained a ton of weight. And I got up to like 260 by sophomore year. That's too heavy for me. Uh, you kind of just figure out what you want. I had my uh, injury and then I lost weight too. And I was about like 225 again, 230 at some points. And I just knew I needed to be more because I was getting pushed around. I mean, I'd be in the right spot and I'd hold my ground, but I'm not dominating. I'm just maintaining blocks. I'm not getting pushed. I mean, there's big guys. They'd have to make plays to where they get another big guy on the big guy, you know, instead of just using me, which is, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but if I can gain weight and help and, like, they don't have to do that and get the job done, then I'm going to do that. So I just kind of found a weight where I could be fast. Uh, I really had legs the whole entire time, like big thighs and everything, so I decided to put the weight in an upper body, so I started just doing a bunch of benching, like curls, you know, like beach stuff, but it was to gain weight, and uh, it's really benefiting me now. How do you feel it, like out there on the practice field? I feel fast, I feel strong. I mean, I'm going against some of the best DNs there are, like JoJo Wicker, Rennell's a freaking beast, he's a big dude, and those are two I usually go against most, but, they're competitive and they're hard to block and I'm doing well against them. I'm not going to say I'm like dominating them or anything like that, but they're a good challenge. I don't think I'm going to get any better than those two. And uh, if I can do well against them, then I'm going to do good against anybody. ASU sports performance coach Sean Griswold singled out you and left tackle Evan Goodman as two seniors who had a really rare jump in the weight room in between their fourth and fifth years in the program. What do you think enabled that success over the summer? Uh, I was just mentally... I just wouldn't let any card that we had for working out not being signed and the and the number for the weight being readjusted. I'd go up 10 or 20 pounds on squat and then 5 to 10 pounds on bench. I never settled for what they asked me to do. I was always doing more. And then outside of football, I'd try to work out on my own and stuff like that. I was doing as much as I could to just get bigger. People may not realize you're the leading returning receiver among tight ends in, in this conference and uh, probably haven't even played completely to your own expectations uh, throughout your career. Um, just what's the perspective in that regard as you go into this last season? Um, I don't think it means anything. Uh, I think I need to set a new number. Uh, I think I should have – I've had I had big drops last year and – like I've said before, they do haunt me and stuff, and it's not going to happen again. But I should have been first last year, in my opinion. Uh, There's no reason. I, I kind of lost trust of the offense coordinator or, like, some of the quarterbacks and stuff when I make drops like that, as they should lose trust. But now I'm starting. I'm gaining it back. I think I fully have their trust now. And so uh, whenever that ball's coming my way, it's anybody but mine. ASU has had somewhat of a reputation for the years as a, a, a tight end U school. And you were here as a true freshman redshirting when Chris Coyle had the 57-catch, 696-yard season back in 2012. Do you look at those numbers as something that's attainable this season for you? Um, I always think it's attainable. I mean, I know I love Chris, and I thought he was a great player, but I definitely think I'm better than Chris. I have more uh, speed. Like, I always uh, match my numbers for, like, uh, during the summer and all that stuff. And, you know, um, I'm winning in those categories. And just – Having experience, I have five years under Coach Graham. The offense is 
in a way similar so uh, i think it's more intelligence and stuff that's going to help me and i think that's a huge benefit you've seen a number of quarterbacks here and you've, you've gone through the taylor kelly michael eubank uh mike Berkovici situation um, from your perspective how is that position faring right now in camp and what's possible for that position in the season? Uh, anything is possible. Uh, all those quarterbacks are good, even the freshmen. Uh, it's unfortunate about Perkins and everything, but you can't just stop. You know, we're looking for somebody to step up, and they're all stepping up. It's kind of hard to pick somebody. They're all doing really well. And, you know, when uh, uh, we practice, I really don't care who's throwing to me as long as we're completing balls, and they are completing the ball, and, you know, they're looking really good. We started off talking about your career arc as a Sun Devil, and heading into your senior season, you offered a really interesting quote last week when you said that you hoped that the players at your position, meaning Raymond Epps, J.J. Wilson, even Jared Buback, surpass your talent abilities. And I think that kind of speaks to your dedication to the program. Can you just expand on that quote a little bit more and, and what you hope to see from them? Well, I love those guys. Uh, I try to take them on my wing and show them everything I've done in the past and things that I can they can learn from learn from through me and uh I honestly hope the best for everybody on this team and if that means they're better in me they're better in me but that's for the team even in the future I want them to be better in me say like I end up not making it I'm just I just have a normal job later in life and I see Raymond Epps gets drafted in the first round like I'd be happier and you know that'd just make me so happy so I want all of them to do well because it all reflects me too, because I'm a, I'm leading them right now, and I, I just care about them. You mentioned Chip Long earlier as one of the key figures in your development, and now you have Dell Alexander, who's transitioned to your position. Uh, getting a fresh set of eyes to help coach you gives you different viewpoints on on things. Uh, what are some of the things that you've really taken from him? Uh, it's actually really, really crazy. Uh, I didn't think I thought Coach Long was the best coach I could get, and nothing against Coach. Uh, Alexander, but he was a receivers coach. I was like, he maybe he's been, you know, absent of a tight end for a while. But he came in and he opened my eyes so much. Like he shows me so much films, film of pros and just like good things, bad things. He has opened my eyes and like what I did bad last year blocking and what I've done good and what to do for technique reasons and like it. He shows me a lot of examples and it's really good. To, it's helping me a lot. Cody Cole, Arizona State senior tight end. Thank you for joining us, and good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks to Cody for talking about his expectations for the 2016 season, what he hopes to accomplish in his last year with the Sun Devil program he grew up rooting for. Up next, we've got first-year offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, who joined us and talked about his introduction to Arizona State, which really came during bowl season last year when Lindsey helped guide the Sun Devil offense against West Virginia. He talked about his relationship with Todd Graham, how he got this job, and his experience working with the different position groups at ASU so far and his expectations for that, what that will be like this season. So we'll send things over to our interview with first-year offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey. Joined now by first-year Arizona State offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey. Chip, welcome to the show. Great, thanks for thanks for having me, and uh, glad to see you guys. Chip, your first year at Arizona State actually really started in the bowl game. You had the opportunity to work with some of the guys that you're working with right now. After Coach Graham hired you back in December, 
What was that experience like of coming in and kind of being baptized by fire? Yeah, it's unique for sure. I can, I can say that. Uh, I'm looking back. I'm really glad I got to do that. I think it was a huge, a huge uh, thing in our success if, uh, that we're going to have here is because I was able to get to know those guys, you know, and and get to know the ins and outs. At least you're getting on guys and you know their name instead of saying hey or whatever. You know, our, my first experience would have been spring ball. Uh, Coach Graham kind of kind of tricked me into that, no doubt about it. Uh, hey, you just come here and coach the quarterbacks. The next thing you know, I'm calling plays in the bowl game. So that was <laughs> uh, an interesting experience. But if you know Coach Graham, I'm sure that was his plan all along. But uh, oh, it's been great. I've enjoyed getting to know our players and uh, excited about getting 2016 going. In the spring, I got to sit down with you and get a better sense of your evolution as a football coach from right. the high school ranks, mm-hmm. um, where you have to tailor – your 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 personnel your your what you do to your personnel yeah uh and that's something that's really stayed with you i know that's uh, been big with todd graham and his career as a football coach um talk about the fusion of all these styles that you kind of have been able to put into what your offense is now yeah it's 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 kind of unique i think we we um you know i spent a lot of time early on in high school as a head coach and trying to talk kids into coming out and playing football to do that you have to make it fun and exciting so we sold a brand of football uh, that it was successful, but also fun, you know, and I think that was important. And, uh, you know, I was at places fortunate. We had good quarterbacks who could throw it. And uh, then it was trying to recruit enough wide receivers to run around and catch it. We never had any great backs like we do here, but we had serviceable high school running backs and had a lot of fun with it, tried to play with a lot of tempo. And, uh, then you know, then I got a chance to go to Auburn was really after Troy, you know, we were kind of, uh, there's still, you know, Neil Brown's the head coach there. I replaced him when he went to uh, Texas Tech, been kind of air raid, and that was their background. Had been my background for a long time in high school, and it fit really well. And I went back to high school and for two years as a head coach in the Birmingham area at Spain Park, and then got a chance to go to Auburn with Coach Malzahn and uh, see, you know, this style of offense that he, had, he and Coach Graham, I guess, had came up, you know, together in, at Tulsa with and watched – you know, the daily, you know, we ran the football really well in 2013. You know, it was a year we got went to the national championship game and lost Florida State right at the end. But, uh, you know, it was fun. And I, and I think when I left there, I got a chance to go to Southern Miss with uh, Todd Munkin, who had been, quote, an air raid guy, I guess, at, at uh, Oklahoma State. But he had a lot of pro background, too, you know, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so it's been kind of fun. You try to pick and choose the things you like from each and then see what fits your personnel. And then coming here, obviously, you know, we wanted to be who Coach Graham is. You know, he sets parameters for you as an offensive coordinator. It's important that we run the football. And uh, obviously we feel too, really good about our two running backs. So we want to make sure that, that we do a great job with that. But uh, we also want to be, um, you know, advanced in the throwing game. You know, we got talented quarterbacks here too. They just haven't played a lot. So, um to answer your question, I think we're, we're kind of a blend of a lot of different things with the parameters that we want to run the football and, uh, and, and be as physical as we can and play with tempo. In the first 10 to 15 years of your career, mm-hmm. you've obviously had so many different offensive influences. Is there someone at the real beginning of your career who's, who stands out as someone who was formative in your background? You know, in the beginning, I think uh, – you know, I worked for a guy, you, you wouldn't know him probably, a guy named John Mothershed, who was a head coach in Alabama and one of, I mean, one of the all-time winningest coaches there. He's retired now. And, uh, you know, we were wing T, believe it or not, for four years when I was a receiver coach. So that was a lot of fun. Coach wing T started at yeah. Saratoga High School. All right, you remember that. Oh, yeah. So, um, 
you know, I coached the quarterbacks and the wideouts there because you can do that in a wing tee. And uh, we had a lot of success. Well, the, the interesting thing about him was it was, hey, let's 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 build the offense around our players. And I still find myself saying the same thing today. You know, that's you have to build the offense around your playmakers. And what we're doing here in uh, at Arizona State, and I think any good coach does that. And uh, guys say that they're, they're this or they're that, but at the end of the day, it's about getting the ball to your players. Uh, it's basically an 11 personnel base offense, right? Mm-hmm. But but um, given that you, you talk about your running back strength, your tight yep. ends are a strength, uh, and your ability to change and be multiple on the fly, mm-hmm. h- how much will, do you think we'll see two tight end sets, two running back formations and yep. all those things and have those guys be able to move between roles? I think we're pretty multiple at, at, at doing that. I, it's going to be a lot of game plan stuff, I, I think. Hard to say how much because each week brings a different different animal, you know, you, a different defense, a, a different style of play. Or as a, as a team, you know, as a staff, what it's going to take to win that week. You know, you play uh, – a team like Stanford, then you know, there's one thought. You play a team like Oregon who's going to play as fast as they can and snap it, and then there's another thought. Uh, I think it's important for us to be multiple. It's important for us to be together, united as a team, and it's not about just me or the offense or Keith and the defense. Um, it's about Arizona State and winning football games, and that's really the most important thing for us. You've probably grown sick of answering questions about how you're going to incorporate two running backs that – no, I love it. <laughs> into, into your game plan. But you obviously had success at Southern Miss uh-huh. with doing so. You had 2,000 yard backs last year. My question for you is how do you find the right balance in practice when you know you've got two guys in Demario yeah. and Kalen who have had success? They've been there. How do you balance their reps and keep them fresh? Well, I think that's a that's a good question because you know there's a fine line between repping those guys every play and wearing them down and then keeping them fresh. If you look in the NFL day, you know you don't see many running backs picked early anymore in the draft. And there's a reason for that, right? The value of of what they you know the livelihood of those guys. So it's important, and we tried to make this point with with both of these kids, and they've bought into it 100. percent They need each other, you know. And next year, you know, they'll need each other again. And then when they move on, it'll be two other guys that need each other. I think you know, all the good football teams. If you if you watch across college football, when I was at Auburn, we had three good players, three good running backs. Alabama's always had them. You know, obviously, I'm a bit, most of mine's been in the South, so those are the ones that I remember the most. But you know, the, the balance is 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 something you're always striving for to make sure that those guys get the touches they need, the reps they need, and also keep each other fresh. It starts with a, a running back coach, which I think we have an outstanding one in John Simon. He's as good as I've been around, and he played at a high level. He understands how to teach the nuances and the intricacies of the position, which I think is huge from 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 pass proing to to blocking. Because I mean, to uh, route running. Because let's be honest, those guys they wouldn't be here if they weren't pretty good running backs. But the ones that are really, really good are the guys can do multiple things, and those are the ones that play in the next level. So he does a great job with that. He did a great job at Southern Miss of rotating those guys, keeping them fresh, understanding the game plan and the situation and who need to be in the game at certain certain spots. And uh, I think he'll continue to do a great job here. And you know what? There's going to be probably some learning to that as we go. Um, it's our first go together as a staff. So it's something that we're trying every day to, uh, to have a plan for. Todd has said that he thinks that – uh, this team's wide receiver group is a little more uh, just deeper and more talented perhaps mm-hmm. and than in previous years. Of course, uh, it's a blank slate for you and, and right. in your position, Coach. Uh, but but uh, what do you think about that group? We have Tim White, who's in the Tillman jersey, mm-hmm. and it seemed to be having an outstanding star. Jalen Harvey has looked really good. Um, what are your thoughts about just kind of what, how that group shapes up? You know, I – 
I, you know, being here in a bowl game, I can somewhat speak on last year. All I know is I look at the playmakers we lost, Devin Lucian, DJ Foster, Gary Chambers. Those guys, all three of them made plays in the bowl game the game I was with them. So we've lost some production without a doubt. Now, we get Cam back, which is huge, I think. We get uh, Tim Light back. Obviously, he's a playmaker. And then, uh, you know, Ellis Jefferson and Jalen Harvey have had great fall camps. And then we brought in a nucleus of young guys who who knows where all that will shake out. I do think down the road we're going to be much improved there as from a standpoint uh, with what we've done with recruiting. But, you know, at the end of the day, we don't have a ton of guys that have made a bunch of plays other than Tim and, and Cam two years ago. So, uh, I think the jury's still out. Luckily, uh, we got probably the best wide receiver coach in the country with him. So, uh, I think uh, the future's bright with those guys, and uh, it's fun to watch them improve every day. When you look at this offensive line, there was a physical transformation mm-hmm. across the board. Almost every guy cut yeah. weight this yeah. offseason, and that's something that's a little rare and maybe tailored toward your scheme. What are these guys being in, in better shape and having better agility allow you to do offensively? Well, we want to play with tempo, and Coach Graham said that since he's been here, and it speaks to our physicality. And it's and if you can play fast and uh, you're, you're, you know, you can move, and, and the offensive line included, I think you have a better chance to do that. And uh, those guys work their rear ends off, you know, in the offseason to to put on better weight, I think, you know, and to be more agile and to be more athletic and to be more light-footed because it's a long season. It's a grind. I think you have to be in shape and be ready to go. And uh, I've, I've been really impressed with that group as a whole. I mean, we've got a lot of guys there. We've got some depth there. Now, they obviously, they're inexperienced with the exception of basically Evan and uh, a couple of the guys that spot played here and there. But as a unit, I like those guys. And the offensive linemen are always underappreciated and undervalued, right? Nobody notices them until they give up a sack or something. So right. um, I, I, those guys understand their role in our team, and uh, we'll go as far as those guys can take us for sure. Our audience would, of course, be a little upset if we didn't ask you about the quarterback situation. Really? Yeah. I think so. (laughs) I think so. And um, so, uh, you know, you had an injury there with Bryce Perkins. He's uh, not going to be participating for some period of time. Right. Uh, Two returning guys, Manny and Brady, Mm -hmm. and Dylan Sterling-Cole, who's uh, got a really impressive arm and Mm -hmm. stature. Uh, Is is Dylan Sterling-Cole a candidate to play this year, in your estimation, at this point? Mm -hmm. And how is that group shaping up at this point in camp? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say Bryce Perkins is a uh, is phenomenal person and unfortunate and uh, that, that you know, he's suffered an injury, but it's just a setback for him. If you know anything about Bryce, uh, that kid will, will be back and, and, and do a great job. But uh, the other three guys are, are doing a great job. They're competing. Uh, I like where they are from a standpoint of uh, who they are as people. You know, Dylan's exactly what we thought when we recruited him. Dylan was committed when I got here. And uh, obviously, I had to keep him committed because I got here in December, so that was a challenge. In fact, Coach Graham made the comment that if we if we lost Dylan, I'd probably be the shortest tenured offensive coordinator in the country ever in history. <laughs> so that was that was an exciting challenge right out of the gate, uh, along with Nikhil Harry. But uh, it was it was it was Dylan's exactly who we thought he was. He's very talented, got a lot of arm talent. Uh, obviously, it's a transition. Doesn't matter. Coming from high school to Division One football and the Pac-12 is a huge uh, jump. Uh, at the same time, I like his progress and where he, where he is. And physically, he'll have all the tools. It'll just be putting everything else together. The other two guys are phenomenal people. Uh, they've been here a long time. 
uh, not a long time, but longer than uh, than Dylan, obviously. Uh, and I like where they're going. Each day, it's fun to watch them compete because you know you'll look at one one day and you go, "Wow, what a great he had! A, that's a nice throw. What a great day he had! Didn't turn the ball over and so forth." The next day, the next guy's doing something equally as special. So it's been back and forth, um, and that's the truth. We split the reps right down the middle, and uh, it's been fun watching those guys progress. Uh, we're three weeks away, and uh, don't know that we're going to know till right up till game time, but. Our team believes, I believe, in, in all those guys. And even Dylan, the short time they've only been with him, what, 10 days or so forth, uh, maybe two, maybe almost two weeks, um, I think our team's bought into our staff, which in turn makes them buy into anybody we put back there at that position. And, uh, you know, we'll see how this thing plays out. Got time for one more question all right. here. And it's, it's really more of your origin story at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Todd Graham said that when he was hiring an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he wanted to hire someone who was familiar with the terminology mm-hmm. and who could mold quarterbacks. What was the process of him reaching out to you like in your interviewing here with, with Todd and the rest of the staff? Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was exciting. I mean, anytime you have an opportunity to possibly work at a place like Arizona State, that's very exciting. I mean, being a former high school coach and – you know, you know, probably, you know, never in my wildest dreams thinking I'd be on the West Coast out here in Arizona, which it's it's been great. I mean, like I said, my wife and kids love it here. So, you know, it, it was really exciting. We were playing for the Conference USA Championship, which would throw a whole other element in the deal because, you know, you're trying to keep focused on that, which uh, – you know, which is hard. You know, it's hard when you're when you're when you're doing it. Luckily, I had a great head coach there who had kind of been in this spot before where I was at that time, and he was awesome. And uh, you know, it was neat. Finally, when I got to meet with Coach Graham and and sit down and we talked, we I just really believed in what he was about and what he's established here and built here in four years. And and uh, you know, it wasn't hard to talk my wife into into moving to Arizona State. And you know, it was a whirlwind, man. I mean, I was here like a week after we talked and. Uh, maybe less and we're preparing for a game and I barely know the staff really don't know the staff and you know barely know the players and uh, that bowl game was pretty stressful you know from a standpoint of just making sure I got the right formation called and the right guys in the game but uh, luckily those those guys that were here on that staff some are not here anymore for you know and uh, but for if it hadn't been for those guys then it would have been tough they made it an easy transition our players really bought in uh, and, and they pulled us through. And we actually played pretty decent on offense. Uh, not good early, but it got better as the game went. And uh, now here we are. I think a lot of folks would take 42 points. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take that uh, for sure. I uh, wish we'd have scored uh, uh, 40, you know, 48 or 49, whatever it was. But, uh, you know, we missed some opportunities in that game that we, 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 we definitely, uh, down there at goal line, I know it comes into first and goal, maybe at the two or something like that, or second and whatever. Couldn't get in. So, you always want to score more, that's for sure. Coach Chip Lindsay, Offensive Coordinator for Arizona State, thank you for joining us. All right, thanks for having me. Up next, you'll hear from redshirt freshman quarterback Brady White. White, a product of Hart High School in New Hall, California, in his second season with the Sun Devil program. He was an early enrollee in the spring of 2015, so he's been with this program for a little while now, and He's in the midst of his first quarterback competition with ASU, hoping to win the starting job, competing with his friend and teammate Manny Wilkins right now, was competing with Bryce Perkins before Perkins' injury last week. White talks about his relationship with Chip Lindsey, his new offensive coordinator, and how he's able to balance competing for the quarterback competition and maintaining his improvement and maturation process as a quarterback. 
joined now by Arizona State redshirt freshman quarterback Brady White. Brady, you're off a high right now because you just won a big competition with Manny <laughs> Wilkins, your fellow quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, a little Rochambeau to get in the, the room first. <laughs> is it? Are you guys that competitive with everything? Is does it? Is it off the field and there's a lot of things beyond the football that where you guys go at each other? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, I think that's just in our in our blood and our nature. We're competitive guys. Um, so that, there's a little example for you. Um, but, yeah, no, we like to compete in everything we do. Um, not just me and Manny, but other guys on the team. Um, little competitions outside. I know well, they love to compete on, on the video games. I, I've, <laughs> right. I've seen some good tournaments, but uh, yeah, it's, we have a good, healthy, competitive environment you around us. You don't get in there on the video games? Uh, mm, I mean, I don't want to make them feel bad, so <laughs> I, let these, I let these guys you know, get the wins right now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, let's talk a little bit about the competition going on right now. Where have you seen yourself evolve the most over the past year? You were able to take a redshirt year and learn from Mike Bercovici, learn mm -hmm. from Manny, who's been in the system before. Where have you seen the most growth in your game as a quarterback? Uh, I've seen the most growth um, really like internally. Uh, so just being more comfortable um, on out on the field and around the guys, um, you know, bringing a leadership role quality that I have in myself kind of that coming out um, you know obviously uh, as you get older as you're more in the system you're going to learn more you're going to be able to play a little better and so that comes out but uh, it's mainly been internally I've uh, grown grown personally a lot I'm very happy with my life very uh, aware yet content with the situation that's at hand and uh, just um, very confident and and trusting in in uh, in the Lord that He's gonna take care of me and He's put me in this opportunity for a reason and um, I love the guys I'm around. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, even though it is a competition. Some guys, you know, they just go in their freshman year and they get the job. I'm very glad that I'm here um, in this op in this position, uh, having this opportunity around the quarterbacks and the team that we have. We've seen you gained probably 20 pounds since you arrived yeah. at ASU and um, I'm sure you've been working on um, a broad-based uh, improvement in all areas and skill development everything um, where do you feel like you've made gains in that regard or physically yeah uh, the you know, technique with with your footwork your release or is there anything that really jumps out well like you said physically yeah I came in and and it, I put on weight pretty quickly and then you know sometimes you kind of lose a little but yeah, like you said, I've put on 20, 25 pounds since I've been here, and uh, I don't know. I think I'm gonna keep going. That's the you know want to get a little bigger, but um, it's been good weight. You know, grit uh, speaks volumes for Grizz and our our strength program. Um, so obviously, I saw a big jump there, and that's helpful at this next level. With that, you know, it's gonna assist you on the field. You're gonna see a little more pop on your balls. Um, you're gonna be a little stronger, a little faster. Um, it just adds to your game. Um, I've also seen a um, big kind of mental jump, like I kind of said earlier, a little internally. Um, just being comfortable and, and grasping our offensive system and what we want to do, why we do things, and being able to go uh, kind of apply that to the field. So it's been good. A week or so ago, you told me that Chip Lindsey is really the best quarterbacks coach you've ever worked with, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of curious for you to expand on that and, and give our listeners a sense of why he's so effective yeah. in getting through to you. Yeah, well, I've had a, 
a lot of good coaches, not a knock on any of the coaches I've had. Um, but um, other than my dad, that's a guy that's really genuine. So on top of being a great coach in himself, he's a very, um, very good man. And um, he cares about this whole team and about us quarterbacks. And so it's not just a football relationship. It's off the field. Um, he's there for us. We can go talk to him whenever, and that's how it is for the whole whole unit. Um, and then on the field, he's just a great teacher. Um, he knows you're going to make some mistakes, and obviously there's some mistakes that are, are have a little more um, weight to them than others, and he's going to get upset as part of the game. But he's a really good teacher where we can go over something. He's going to help you on the field, but he's also going to put you in, in those kind of hectic situations in order for you to learn and um, gain that somewhat, you know, experience from it. And so I think he just does a really good job. He's a very positive coach, which is huge for a quarterback. Um, you can't be doubting yourself. And so with younger guys, I, I think me and Manny, Bryce, and Dylan are all confident in our abilities. We're very, you know, it's not that um, we're going to be like downers and, you know, be crying about stuff. But um, having a positive coach, a guy who's encouraging along the way and, um, just kind of helping you grow as, as a man, as a football player, as a quarterback is huge in being successful and, you know, bringing out the best. And I think that's what he does really well is he brings the best out in these players and they want to play for him. He's one of those guys where you'll go run through a wall for him. When you were at Hart High School, I remember watching some of your games and uh, you were kind of scrambling around back there yeah. for your life at times <laughs> and, and uh, finding guys down the field, Trent Irwin, of course, uh, as much as anyone. Uh, is it hard at this level to find the balance, the right balance between holding and trying to find that receiver down the field versus knowing when you have to get the ball out because you can't take a negative play, and particularly in light of the mandate given to you by uh, Todd Graham and Chip Lindsey in this offense? Yeah, I mean, obviously in high school, it's a, you know, if you're if you're one of those top guys in the country, um, if, or if you just have a really good skill set. Um, you're going to get away with some stuff. And so, yes, I, I got away with being able to kind of move around. And um, at the next level, it's a whole different ball game. And so here, you know, here especially, um, we're so much about ball security and, you know, being smart with the ball and knowing where to go, knowing the situation. Um, you know, there's sometimes where you drop them back and they might drop more than you have in the route. So you got it take that extra time and maybe go use your legs to get or extend the play and find a guy down down the field but um, for the most part it's you know if you know there's pressure if you or let's say uh, you know you're feeling it or some some guy gets beat sometimes they just get beat sometimes you got to get the ball out of your hands we don't want to take sacks here and um, sometimes it's all covered and they're getting pressure and you just gotta eat a sack sometimes or try to get back to the line of scrimmage um, throw the ball away, all that different stuff. And that's just scenario football. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really running around as much, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> right. If there's one area of the game that college coaches maybe don't have as much control over, it's of what you're saying and how you're interacting with your teammates in the mm -hmm. huddle. And that's something that may not ever get back to your coaches. Some quarterbacks come in and give the play right away. Some guys are looking up and, and offering suggestions to other players. What's your in-the-huddle persona like? Uh, just very positive. Um, when we're when we either huddle up on the sideline and about to run off, or if it's uh, we can slow down and kind of take our time. Um, just always encouraging those guys. 
you know, very encouraging, positive words. Um, you know, maybe give them a little motivation. Let's, you know, making sure they know that I'm ready to go. Let's go score a touchdown and let them know you're confident. Um, it could even be um, sometimes strategy, like you know what the call is. Maybe you know you've been you've been film studying, and before you head out there, hey, you know, check for this. You know, this could be coming. Stuff like that. So, um, you know, my persona in the huddle is just very positive. I, I think I'm close with our guys, and will continue to get closer as I grow with these guys. And uh, it's just it's a good relationship. I think this whole team's really close and um, has gelled really well over the spring, summer, and now going into the fall. And so, we're excited for fall. Outwardly, you're a pretty laid-back guy, that California-type yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. You seem comfortable trying to go through your progressions on the field and everything. Um, but when you're when you're in the middle of this thing and you're trying to win a quarterback job, yeah. is there pressure? Is there stress associated with that? Um, just what does it feel like um, right now for you as you are three weeks away from the, the, the game? Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy time flies, right? Um, but... For me, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really stressed. I'm not really putting pressure on. I mean, I, yes, we know there's a quarterback competition, and we're in the midst of it. And a guy is gonna be named, or whatever happens, a guy's gonna go out. We could both. I don't know what it is, but right. um, I'm just like I said. I'm very, um, very confident in myself. I'm, I'm very, uh, very blessed to be in this opportunity with these guys. Um, I know we're, we're, you know battling it out right now and uh you know the coaches know where the, where we stand right now you know we're just every day we want to get better every day we want to take care of the ball and push each other um we want it's not about an individual it's not about my performance or his performance or anyone else's we want this team to be the best it can be we want to go win every game if if we can and um i think that's what it's all about and so i just try to keep it stress free stress free you know, football is meant to be fun. And so, yeah, sometimes it'll get hectic if, if Coach Graham wants to bring the house on you. But um, it's, it, I just try to keep it fun, keep it keep it nice and relaxed and just do the best I can. Student athletes all have different ways of approaching their sports. And there's some student athletes who really focus on athletics first and maybe the classroom is becomes secondary. You're a Barrett the Honors College student here at Arizona State. We know yeah. you take a lot of pride in your coursework. Do you think having that additional structure in your life has helped you as a quarterback? Definitely. I think uh, it's like uh, Coach Graham always says: like if, if you read a book, you're not, you know you're not going to feel dumber after that. And so I, I mean, not saying like if you're not in Barrett, you're dumb. It's just um, working hard in the classroom, and, and um, you know sometimes the grade system doesn't always correlate but I think if you uh, work hard academically and um, kind of push your brain to grow and develop I think that that definitely helps when it goes to the field and uh, it's not easy you know Bears definitely you know uh, definitely got to work hard and uh, it's more work but um, I definitely for personally I think uh, you know me having that um, Basically, standard for myself helps me as a quarterback and as a person. Is it um, with Dylan Sterling Cole? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about just where his his 
comparing it his experience as a freshman to you and how is he doing so far I think he's I know Manny and the rest of us all he's extremely gifted um, very talented he's got I think he's he's got the strongest arm out of all of us there's no doubt I mean he he's got a rocket um, he's definitely young and so he's uh, he's actually picked up our offense pretty well um, obviously there's he's got still got to learn and sure. and grow in ways but um, I think he's doing a really good job. It's uh, it's it's good to to um, see guys like that, and especially other young guys doing well and kind of picking up. And that, and you know, it's like you see someone come in, and then like next year you'll see so much growth, and it's kind of cool to um, see that. But he's definitely a, a very unique uh, athlete, and you know, who knows how far he'll go. But he's definitely got a lot of potential and, and very good person. Arizona State redshirt freshman quarterback Brady White. 21 days until the season opener. Brady, yeah. good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to Brady for spending some time with us. And now you'll hear from the other quarterback involved in the race for Arizona State's starting job, and that's sophomore Manny Wilkins. Wilkins, in his third year with the program, has worked under Taylor Kelly and Mike Bercovici, learned from two veterans in Arizona State's system, and now he's vying with White for the starting job. Joined now by Arizona State sophomore quarterback Manny Wilkins. Manny, you've had an interesting run at ASU so far. You've had the opportunity to learn from Mike Bercovici and Taylor Kelly in your career, and now you're in the midst of a quarterback competition with Brady White, Bryce Perkins was involved, and Dylan Sterling Cole. Where have you seen the most growth in your game over the past year or so? Uh, really just trusting the guys around me to go and make a play. Um, you know, I think uh, coming from high school, that wasn't really my demeanor. And, you know, coming into to college and playing here, it's really just been transitioning to, to the speed and making sure I, I get those ball in the hands of the guys around me. Every player is trying to soak up as much as he can from each coach that he gets to work with. What are the things that you've really been a sponge about with Chip Lindsey that he's brought to the table? Uh, just making sure – I realize that uh, not a lot of people have the opportunity to play the game that we play. Um, each and every day, we're obviously going to make some mistakes, and you know you got to learn from those mistakes and not make those mistakes again. And that's what makes great quarterbacks great is not making the same mistakes over and over. When you were recruited to Arizona State, there was a known void that was going to take place. There was a year in which the Sun Devils didn't recruit a quarterback, so you maybe had the opportunity to come in and, and put yourself in this situation to compete for a job early in early in your career as a sophomore. Was that a selling point during your recruitment? I mean, sure it was. I knew anywhere I was going to go. Um, grass ain't always greener on the other side. Um, so I knew that I would was not going to go anywhere and just, you know, here's the keys to the, you know, here's the keys to the car. Um, but, you know, I just came in here and obviously I, I realized I got to compete and that's what I did. What was the transition like for you from high school where you had great success, but it, it, it wasn't uh, a high evolution t type of a scheme uh, to where you're at now? What's that, that whole process been like? Um, you know, I really think I've just grown so much as a football player and as a person. And, you know, I have people around me who have done nothing but push me. And, you know, I think it's a testament to this coaching staff is – you know, they've really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And, you know, day in, day, in, day out, I just continue to grow every day. 
a lot of quarterbacks are born growing up. They play the position. They play the position through high school. And then in college, they have an opportunity to become their own person in the game. Were there quarterbacks you looked up to growing up that kind of maybe shaped the way you played the position early on in your career? I mean, obviously, you know, I've watched the Brett Favre's. You know, I've watched the Tom Brady's and all those guys. My favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, personally, just because uh, – his attitude, you know, I feel like he has that same cool, calm, collect, and he just deals, and, you know, he just does what he does, and he's just a baller. Um, so, you know, I think one person who lately I've kind of, you know, watched a lot of film on is Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, just the way he, he plays the game is that same kind of just, you know, cool demeanor, and, you know, he just handles his business and puts the ball in guys' hands and lets him make plays. Manny, you're so quick and you're so elusive as a quarterback, and not a lot of guys don't have that ability to rely on that like like you can. Is it uh, is it hard finding the right balance of when to do that, especially on the fly on any given situation? I mean, if you ask me this question my freshman year, yes. Um, I don't think I think I just was trying to rely solely on my play rather than knowing that. Everything is a scheme. Everything is a, you know, drop back passes are all concepts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, now, no. Um, I think I know when the right time is to do, you know, tuck the ball and run and, and when to sit back there and just deal. I asked this question of Brady earlier. The one place where coaches may not have as much oversight at the college level is in practice and in the huddle where your teammates really get to see what type of a, a person you are. Are you the type of person in the huddle who goes in and just gives the play and, and gets the offense up to the line of scrimmage? Or are you the type of person that has perhaps coaching points or leadership points while you're making that play call? Uh, I mean, today, for instance, I just, man, we're out there having fun. I go out there, um, crack a joke or something, you know, kind of just get guys going and, you know, it depends on the situation. If we're in a situation where I need to let somebody know, like, we need to go and get this right now, then, of course, I'm going to say that. Um, but but besides that, I mean, we just have fun with it. Guys around me know know me, and, you know, we're just goofballs out there. So Everyone looks at the quarterback f- as a leader of the team, mm-hmm. right? And um, are there challenges associated with that? when you haven't been a starting quarterback, when you are uh, a third-year sophomore, and and how you navigate the best way to go about doing those things? I mean, yeah. I think, uh, I think when you, when you think of um, me not, not, you know, ever having really played that much, you know, guys obviously are still curious of what I can do um, if we're just speaking on me. Uh, so, I mean, it's a... Uh, it has its challenges and, you know, it has its pros and its cons, but I take every day as a new day and, you know, I, I go out there and, and do my best to lead and they, they know I'm capable of it and so I do it. The playing time you did get last year, you got into a few different games, you rushed the ball, and one of the games you got into was against Cal mm-hmm. and that was in Northern California. You're from Marin County. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to you to be able to get into a game late in the season and play Likely, I'm assuming, in front of some home fans. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just another football game. Um, obviously, it's, it's cool to be able to play in front of my family and, you know, a bunch of friends that were there. And to play against Jared was awesome. You know, I grew up playing against him all my life. So, uh, so you know, it was, it was a really cool experience. You wish I would have 
been able to not step out of bounds and score. But, uh, but I mean, besides that, man, it's just I take a game by game. I was ready every opportunity they put me in. And, you know, I, I think I showed that I, uh, I capitalized off of all those opportunities. Manny, you're increasingly removed from the experiences of your life that led to you moving to California and then coming to ASU. Do you, how much do you reflect on just your youth and the things that um, uh, made you who you are at this stage of the process? And what does it feel like as you have a little more distance from that now? I mean, every day. Um, I realize that without the past that I've had, without the things that I've been through with my family, I wouldn't be in the shoes that I'm in. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm a true and firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I'm just grateful. Um, you know, the next day isn't promised. So, you know, there's a lot of people who wish they could be in the shoes that I'm in. And, and I realize that and I know that. And so, you know, I don't I don't take any day for granted. Does that shape your perspective on the future and what lies ahead? Yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, uh, football doesn't last forever. Um, so, you know, I have goals far and beyond football and, you know, whether it's, you know, starting a family and, you know, whether it's owning my own business or any of that kind of stuff, you know, I'm, I'll be ready for life. And, and, I, and I think uh, these coaches do a great job of, you know, really getting us ready and prepared for life after football. So We've seen some really potent offenses from ASU in your time here. Um, Last year, the team didn't have as much success as you wanted in the win column, but you still put up a lot of points on the board and got better as the season wore on in that in that fashion. Uh, how does it feel to know that it could be incumbent upon you to make sure that that continues? And what is just the sentiment that you have in that regard going into the season? I mean, we got guys on the field that are just hungry. Um, we're not really worried about what the predictions are. We're not worried about you know what people have to say outside. We know that if we all mesh together and you know come together within, we you know. We can get the job done. When you look at the 2016 season, just as a whole, what do you see right now? You talking about this upcoming one? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, guys are just hungry, man. We're eager to get on that field, and we're eager to, you know, get in front of Sun Devil fans and, you know, really show them why we've been working so hard. What will be the signs that fans will see that are indicators in the beginning of the year of you guys having the type of season that you hope to? Just dominating. Um, I think that's our goal every every week is to go out there and dominate. And, you know, I think uh, I think we got a running game that is going to be very strong with the two talented backs we got in the backfield. And, I mean, three, uh, Nick Rawson is also very talented. Um, so, uh, you know, passing game is going to be there. It's just when things are when things are meshing and things are clicking, man, it's just it's fun to be out there with those guys. Arizona State sophomore quarterback Manny Wilkins. Manny, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Manny. Guys. Thank you. Our final interview on this podcast comes with veteran running back Kalem Balage. Balage is excited to work under first-year offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, who had success with 2,000-yard backs last season in his year with the Southern Miss Eagles. And Balage said more than that, he's excited to be incorporated in the passing game this season. A junior who had just 12 receptions last year, Balage is excited to really expand his versatility on the offensive side of the ball, and he spoke with us about those prospects. Joined now by Arizona State junior running back Kalen Balage. Kalen, you look really healthy right now. You look like you've got the physicality to compete this season. 
and maybe it wasn't the case at this point last year. You were starting to feel signs of fatigue and you ended up struggling with mononucleosis. You got that diagnosis. What's the transition like, Ben, over the last year and how much different do you feel going into this season? Uh, I feel a lot different um, just physically, you know, um, mentally too, you know, something like that. You know, you train nine months for for one game, you know, versus Texas A&M and then you're una unable to play. So not only physically but mentally that was kind of discouraging for me. But I I'm definitely, um, if anything, more than where I was before um, physically and mentally, just, just very confident and, you know, happy about the new coaching staff and, and everything moving forward. The season's a grind, and it's important to, for a running back to stay fresh. Um, how have these coaches helped you and Demario and the rest of that group do that uh, in camp to this point so that you guys are at 100%, no camp legs or anything going into the season? Uh, Coach Simon's very smart about the way that he uses all of us. Um, he tracks every single one of our reps um, from special teams, offense, uh, everything we do at every practice. He has somebody track you know, how many reps we're getting. And um, he tries to, to make that as even as possible. You know, nobody's ever, you know, takes 30 reps on offense and compared to somebody else's 10, he always evens it out. And that's helped, helped me a lot. And I know it's helped Demario and Nick and the other running backs as well. Sometimes it's not easy to share the spotlight. And you and Demario definitely have embraced that opportunity together. When you think of successful running back tandems in college football, there's only a few that really stand out through the years, yet you guys have that opportunity to be on that level together. Have you talked about that together and what it would mean to each have a thousand yard season, to each have that type of success? Um, uh, me and Demario, actually, we, we talk about it all the time, you know, because in the past, you know, when we were younger and more immature, it was frustrating, you know, him him being on the field and me not and, and vice versa, you know, because we both just wanted to play. We, we both just have competitive spirits. So um, just the opportunity for us both to be on the field at the same time, is it's, it's really an, an amazing experience. And we've realized now that we're better together than, than we are separate. Does seeing what Chip Lindsey was able to do with his two backs at Southern Miss last year and, and talking about that as you guys anchor this offense in 2016, uh, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's hard to ignore it. Um, I, I, I noticed that before we actually even hired Coach Lindsey, um, you know, just kind of hearing his name around the building when we were looking for a new offensive coordinator and, you know, kind of hearing people whisper about, you know, the two 1,000-yard rushers in, in one offense, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore. And so, you know, looking forward, that's that's definitely something that, you know, is going to catch not only our eyes, me and DeMario and, and other people on this football team, but the fans as well. You've got a unique frame, really, for a college running back. A lot of times you see shorter, more physical guys, uh, not necessarily more physical, but more powerfully mm -hmm. built. You're this kind of NFL-like body, yet you're maybe even more unique for a kick returner. You've got top-end speed, and you really showed that off freshman year against Duke in that bowl game. When did you feel like you could return kicks successfully at this level? Um, well, I've always done it ever since I was young. And uh, it's funny because people always ask me about the Duke kick return, and to be honest, I was very slow when my freshman year because you know I was battling some some different injuries and things like that and then I didn't play a lot you know I played a, a lot in the beginning of the season not so much throughout the middle and then it was like hey this week you're you're starting kick returner so it's like whoa and then I ended up taking a kick return 
and it was just kind of like I was so fatigued and I just hadn't been really on the field that much and so you know I've always known that I've had that ability it's just about me you know getting back there and actually doing it you you've looked like just a such an impressive specimen even going back to high school that was something that was always talked about I know that when you arrived at ASU there were some things that you really wanted to work on from a flexibility core strength standpoint you got in there and uh, Sean Griswold has talked about you even will hang upside down mm-hmm. uh, in, in the weight room what what goes into all those things and, and how evolved are you uh, from when you arrived till now uh, I just I just want to be great to be honest and I want to make my family proud and, and people that have worked so hard for me to be in the position that I'm in right now and so with that being said I, I'm always doing doing something extra, you know, to, to make me a better athlete, football player, you know, physically and, and from an intelligence standpoint. Where'd you get the hanging upside down thing? Where did that come from? Um, actually, uh, Coach Storms, he's uh, over at Memphis now. Um, he he kind of put me on that, just kind of the whole idea of hanging upside down and stretching everything out, and it's it's been pretty good for me. There's been a lot of noise on social media and different places about who's the fastest player <laughs> on this team right now. Kalen Balazs. Lately, have you figured out a way to settle that on the field with you, Tim White, Gumpays? Who's the reigning champ? Um, settle this right now. <laughs> I don't like to talk too much about it because I don't want to come off as like cocky or anything. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> I, if you ask, if you ask Tim. He'll tell you who the fastest person is. If you ask Coach Grizz, he'll tell you who the fastest person is. If you ask anybody else, Buck Gump, they'll, t- <laughs> they'll tell you who the fastest person on this team is. So it's you, unless you're asking uh, Deshaun Hayes. Yes. All right. Now, is that, wait, is that is that uh, 40 yard dash, 100 yards? What is that? 40. Okay. 40. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you, you also had a really interesting recruitment and more so an interesting signing day. Uh, back when you were in Colorado, I believe there was a snow day that prevented you from getting to high school. What was that experience like and the signing day fax machine situation? It was actually a few snow days. Um, It was like three back to back to back. And, you know, I was supposed to do my signing at at the school or whatever. But when they closed down the school, there's supposed to be nobody allowed to, you know, to go into school and do anything. So, um, it kept getting delayed, kept getting delayed, and honestly, that only gave me more opportunity to, to weigh my options. And, you know, I wanted to go to Arizona State in the first place, and, you know, I couldn't help but think. I mean, there's been three snow days I haven't been able to sign this national letter of intent. Maybe God's trying to give me a sign, you know what I'm saying? So um, I ended up just going with my heart, and, you know, I'm happy that the position that I'm in right now. Now, it really – requires a good offensive line for a running back to be successful to the degree that he would like to be. Uh, and you have a one returning starter, of course, but you have two other guys who have played a lot at this level, Sam Jones and Stephon McRae. What are you seeing from this group and how they're shake, shaping up at this part in camp? Um, physically, this group is going to be something special. Very, very big up front very very talented um it's just the experience part that they're missing but I don't think that's going to be a problem at all um you know they've had the opportunity to learn by some very great offensive linemen Christian Westerman um Jamil Douglas Tyler Solka V um there Nick Kelly there's there's so many people that they've learned um behind you know over the years so I think that Mentally, they they are veterans. Just physically getting out there and actually doing it is is something that they're gonna have to um, that they're gonna have to do. I want to go back to when you said that 
you looked up Chip Lindsey when he was first being floated around as an offensive coordinator candidate, and you see the 2,000-yard backs. Mm-hmm. Did the fact that his two running backs combined for nearly 80 catches jump out to you at all? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think a part of being a, a great running back, a complete running back, is being able to catch the football out of the backfield and, and you know, being able to block and do so many different things. But, yeah, that's that's definitely a number that was exciting to see because um, last year I, didn't, I don't think that we were involved in the passing game enough as much as we should have been, you know, both Demario and I and Nick and also running backs that are coming up have the ability to, to catch a you know, a five-yard pass and take it for 40 or take it for 60 or take it for 80, so. Is it hard when your whole life you've been able to outrun everyone and <laughs> get to the edge, and is it hard sometimes that, hey, I need to take this ball right up in this gap and, um, you know, do exactly what, what I'm supposed to do? Because there's a natural component and a, an innate component to being a running back that's so essential is it finding a balance of those things? Yeah, no, it's definitely finding a balance. And it's funny that you say that because when I first got here, that's what I wanted to do was just outrun everybody. And uh, fortunately enough, I had the opportunity to on a lot of the plays that I had. But like I said, just even though I'm only going to be a junior, I'm, I'm a veteran now. And I've played a lot of football, um, you know, just playing since my freshman year. And uh, I've had the ability to, to expand my game and really – know exactly what defenses want to give and take away from an offense and it's allowed me to be a better football player as you've expanded your game in that regard i know there's a component of being a running back where offensive linemen not only begin to respect you but trust that you're going to be in the right place at the right time for them to make their blocks do you feel that sort of chemistry after a play where you hit the right hole and a lineman set set a great block for you do you guys come back to the huddle and talk about that or or acknowledge each other um in this offense, there's really no time for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this this no huddle room, fast. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. in the film room for sure. And maybe we'll come off after a series or, or something like that, and we t- we discuss things like that. But during it, <laughs> there, ain't, there ain't no time for it. Yeah. It's just too fast-paced of an offense. How excited are you to just hit the ground running literally from the outset this year, given that the last couple of years you weren't really able to do the, exactly that the way you wanted? I'm super excited. Um and I just hope that it remains that way. Um, so I, I pray for it every night and every day. And that's all I can, can really worry or think about is just, just staying healthy because I know that if I have that opportunity, then it's going to be a big season for, for this team and for me. Arizona State junior running back Kalen Balaj. Kalen, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks, Kalen. Episode 3 of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast is now in the books. You heard... From ASU offensive line coach Chris Thompson, senior tight end Cody Cole, first-year offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, both quarterbacks vying for the starting job in Brady White and Manny Wilkins, and of course most recently junior running back Kalen Balaj. Much more coming your way from ASU Media Day on Episode 4 of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We've got plenty of defensive interviews starting with a great chat with defensive coordinator Keith Patterson. You can listen to this podcast in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, on TuneIn Radio, or through the Stitcher app. And if you're interested in using a different podcast app, we'll tweet out our RSS feed. It's also available on sundevilsource.com and our podcast links. And you can find the RSS feed there, copy-paste that, and plug it into an app of your choice to be able to listen to us. No matter where you listen to us, please, please 
drop us a rating, drop us a review so we know how we can improve the show and if you like the show and what we can do for future episodes to satisfy your Arizona State football needs. If you're interested in sponsoring the Sun Devil Source Report podcast, feel free to reach out to Chris or myself via Twitter or email, and we'll help you get set up in that regard. But that will do it for Episode 3 of Sun Devil Source Report. Plenty more from ASU Media Day, Media Day coming your way on Episode 4, which will be released shortly. <laughs>